literary fans and welcome to episode 88 of Jeff Reads His Book. I am your host Jeff and today we are reading chapter 41 of Homecoming, a book I wrote in a month. So if you want to get in contact with me, head on over to jeffreadshisbook.com. Yes, right there, there are three ways to contact me. Email, Twitter, and a very obscure one called Mastodon. How much fun is that? And while you're there, why not considering buying a copy of the prequels to this terrible book? That's right, folks. Uh, Bringing Balance, which I think is kind of a better book, although maybe just as many typos, you know, even though it's been edited, what, more than this book? God damn, it's bad with the typos. But, you know, fun times, fun times. Or... You could buy, or what am I saying? And you could buy Homecoming. Wait, that's what we're reading today. Uh, Offworlder. I had to think about that. I really get confused with that title. Uh, And that's a fun book because it involves, what, office romance. So if you're really into that, uh, I guess that's something. (laughs) Yes, it's like going to work. It's got all the meetings in the book. It's very exciting, yes. So... Anyway, before we get started, I should point out I'm re-recording this introduction a couple days later. So it turns out when I actually went to edit this, the intro to this was all buzzy and shitty. I don't know why. My guess, my guess is that I left my iPhone too close to the microphone cord, which seems like, I don't know, a problem I shouldn't have in 2020, for God's sakes. I mean, it's a USB cable, for crying out loud, and yet there's interference? What happens on USB cables? It's so stupid. I don't know. I think that's what happened. And you know why I had my iPhone right there, right next to me? Because we got feedback! That's right, folks, feedback from a one-time guest host, Glenn. I gotta be careful and keep the phone away, I guess. You know, I don't really see any buzzing right now. Maybe that wasn't the problem. Boop, 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 boop. I have to find my texts. Let's see. Okay. Um, all right. So he answered some chapter 37 discussion questions. So uh, the first question I asked, how long is an awkward kiss? Glenn here says, uh, let's see. Ah, oh, Jesus, these phones stink. Uh, gonna go with more than five seconds in any situation. That's an awkward kiss, right? Like, no matter if it's a dry smooch or a more passionate one, more than five seconds, take it inside. So that's actually pretty easy in his case. Like, he's setting that hard limit. I appreciate that. So it's not subjective. Like, uh, I would argue a three-second kiss where I can see someone's tongue might be awkward. Eh, but what are you gonna do? Um, okay. What, what, oh, oh, oh. Uh, second question I asked about awkward sunburns, right? Um, let me see. So, for his awkward sunburn, he said he definitely used to drive with the window down and fry my left side. I'm gonna just leave an anecdote here, and I think that was because he had exhaust gas in his car. Is that right, Glenn? Right into the show! JeffReadsHisBook.com. But I think it had something to do with that. Um... 
And what else? Oh, thanks to coronavirus and having sandals on way more than usual, I had tan lines for both shoes and sandals this summer. Wow, that's impressive getting both of them. I have like a, uh, I've mentioned that I do some uh, like soccer coaching. I have some freaking wicked, uh, I guess it's a farmer tan, but I wear those ankle socks. But yeah, when I wear sandals, I look like an ass. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, what are we reading today? I actually have to go get my notepad. So today we are reading chapter 41. It's a whopping 116 lines. Which makes it like, uh, I want to say average for this freaking book. Something like that, yeah. It's not too long, not too short, whatever. Um, mostly dialogue in this chapter, a little bit of magic. Uh, we're going to see some interaction with Margot and her father. I mean, I guess that's something if you're looking forward to that. Got a lot of Astrid in this one. Um, I don't know. It's not a bad chapter. I already read it because I'm re-recording this stupid introduction. So, uh, I don't know what else to say about it because I honestly haven't, what, listened to the... I stopped listening to the episode that I originally recorded because of all the fucking buzzing that you guys would have hated. But here we are with a new intro and we're going to dive right in to chapter 41. So for today's episode, I am still sipping on that old tub Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey that I mentioned uh, last episode, maybe the episode before too. I don't know. I don't keep track of this bullshit. Um, very delicious. Doing it neat. No stone. I, last night I had a glass or maybe two glasses of it. I don't remember, but I had a stone in it. It was so nice. Mmm. This is a good whiskey. I strongly recommend it. Yes. Mmm. So I did pour it before I started recording, so... It's getting a little low. Also, it's not noon yet, so this isn't good. <laughs> but whatever, whatever. We gotta, it's part of the show. Am I right? I'd say I'm right, yes. All right, why don't, uh, let's just start reading, huh? Enough about booze, and uh, you know what is bad, though? I'm almost out of it. It's a Sunday. I might have to go to the liquor store today. Can I wait till tomorrow? Ooh, I don't know. I, I hope so, but well, we might hope, wait till tomorrow. Uh, the lo lovely Laura said we had to go out to a store tomorrow, today or tomorrow. So, yeah, you know, maybe I'll make the the little, you know, supply run tomorrow. You know, being in a pandemic with record high numbers. And I'm sure, you know, Halloween on Saturday didn't, you know, get more people sick or anything. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. Through the bush. Does everybody remember Henry was looking through a bush? <laughs> through the bush. Henry could now see the tail end of the fleeing crowd and the beginning of the angry mob of pursuers. He had originally expected two or three powerful mages chasing people into the dark, but he had forgotten the stories of regular people being taken by the weapon as well. Again, not in quotes. What the fuck? This thing just goes back and forth between quotes on this. Henry found it hard to count the shadows of everyone. However, the torches easily numbered in the double digits. The mob he could, see na could now see was not sticking to the road. While almost everyone, was f everyone fleeing was running on the most efficient surface, the angry mob in pursuit seemed set on making sure none fled off the road and into the badlands. Henry spied two torches approaching from the north, 
from the north. What's where are they? Oh well. I guess from the north. All right, all right, all right. I guess whatever. I I'm trying to picture this in my head, and I think the directions are all fucked up. Well, who cares? Henry spied two torches approaching from the north directly toward him and Astrid. Astrid noticed the bobbing torchlight as well. Henry, what's coming towards us? He she whispered. I'm not going to whisper. He returned to her side on the ground and explained, What, is he Spooner? What the fuck is that kind of statement? Uh, I think all the prisoners are free now. That's good, she said. Yes, well, maybe not. They seem pretty angry. They formed a mob, and I think that's a few of them coming towards us. Astrid stared as if waiting for more information. Have you forgotten who you are? Henry asked. Astrid's eyes widened. But I escaped too. I'm on their side now. Sometimes the mob mentality doesn't leave much room for reason, Henry pointed out, trying to be philosophical and staying low as the torches approached. Henry had no cover on the northern approach, though. I thought he had a bush. What the fuck? And a torchbearer yelled, Who's that up ahead? Henry stood up and waved. He counted eight men with two torches and an assortment of blunt weapons. Thinking quick, he said, One of those damned guards got away from me. I rolled my ankle trying to get the bastard. He walked toward them, feigning a limp, to try to stop them from approaching Astrid, who lay helpless on the ground behind him in a bit of shadow. Which way did he go? a man asked. Due west, running like a maniac. He'll probably run into everyone at the west gate. How long ago? another man asked. Like two minutes ago, maybe less, Henry replied. Let's go, one of the men exclaimed. Another asked, are you, uh, you going, you, okay, I don't like this word, this sentence. Another asked, this is too, um, like, homie, you know what I mean? You going, you going to be okay? Not, there's no R, that's throwing me off here. You going to be okay? But then it's not like you gonna be okay, because I kind of feel like gonna would have been better here. Oh, well. Yeah, I just need to sit a bit longer. The group stared out westward, started out westward at a jog, looking for Henry's supposed attacker. Someone in the rear with a torch turned back and yelled, This way? We'll get him. He didn't turn back to run, though. His eyes fixed on where Astrid was as Henry faked, fake limped back to the rock. Who's that with you? the torchbearer asked. A few more of the mob now stopped and turned. A friend, Henry said, now preparing to actually defend Astrid. She broke her leg, escaping. The man with the torch squinted. Maybe we should have a look, he said with an evil bent in his voice. Okay, a bent in his voice? That seems not correct English. (laughs) Four men with a single torch started walking back towards Henry and Astrid. Henry stood tense beside where Astrid lay, and she looked up at him, fear showing in her eyes. Looking down, he whispered, It's all right, don't worry. He allowed them to get within ten paces before his left arm shot out and extinguished the torch with a forceful gust of air. In the dim moonlight, was it dim? Henry unleashed a rapid succession of spells, first throwing the torchbearer into a nearby boulder. His right hand shot out and unleashed an energy bolt directly into the man who had been next to the torchbearer, immobilizing him, causing him to fall to the ground limp. 
A mob member on his left tried to swing at him with a long piece of wood, but Henry grabbed his forearm with his left hand, wow, hand-to-hand combat, and paralyzed him with a simple spell. I hope not forever, that'd suck. The fourth man tried to turn and run, but Henry sent him careening headfirst into the torchbearer before he could yell for help. I guess his face landed in him. (laughs) He finally, oh yeah, headfirst, okay. Finally released the paralyzed man's arm, and he fell limply to the ground. Wow, Astrid said, looking around from her prone position. Wow, some of this language in this chapter. (laughs) Henry, breathing heavy, looked at the remaining bobbing torches to the west, trying to make sure nobody was reacting to what had just happened. There was no yelling or returning men, however. I think we're safe for now, Henry advised. Drinking break! It's a real one, too. That was pretty exciting. There was some fighting. Henry did hand-to-hand combat, huh? I mean, that's impressive, I suppose. I don't think we've seen him do that before, really. Had to step away there for a moment. My laundry was done. Very exciting. Let's have a little more booze, and we can continue. I think we're getting to some Margot footage right now. Exciting. That's everybody's favorite, right? She's my favorite. Okay. Hmm. Does anybody realize Henry just, like, freaking pummeled, what, four escapees? You know, they're trying to get out of, like, captivity, and he just freaking demolished them for no particularly good reason. (laughs) All right. Margot studied the road. The main body of the mob still marched onwards, but she felt like she needed to get to Henry as soon as possible. Despite her exhaustion, she cast yet another spell on her and her father. Both then set off down the rise and back towards the road. We just need to get across without being noticed, Margot said to her father. It should be easy, he replied. These are just normal peasants. Nothing magic about any of them. Margot scowled slightly at her father's comment, but she hurried down the hillside. Her spell was sufficient, and nobody could see the pair as the approached the mob. However, she saw quickly that there was no way through the river of people unnoticed. Margot, we won't be able to just walk through this, her father said, seeming to materialize out of nowhere. Margot could tell he had broken the spell on her too, and the pair had become suddenly visible on the outskirts of the mob. When a passerby started to point at them for suddenly being present, Margot's father's right hand shot out towards the man, and he started coughing uncontrollably. "'What are you doing?' Margot asked, annoyed. "'Asked, annoyed.' "'I'm just avoiding trouble,' her father said. "'You never did grasp your own superiority over people.' "'These people were locked up just the same as you,' Margot pointed out." Yeah, and Henry beat the shit out of four of them, let's not forget. (laughs) Fake drinking break! Mm. Mm. Excuse me. They weren't high-value assets like the Northern Lords. Or, quite frankly, all the magic-bearing people in our cell, he explained calmly. Ugh, am I, like, stealing this, um... What, like, magical racism from Harry Potter? (laughs) This is kind of, ugh... Margot's eyes narrowed as she felt anger bubbling inside her. She shook her head at him, trying to contain herself. 
and looked for the end of the crowd. She couldn't see anyone near the rock where Henry and Astrid were waiting. Presumably. Wait, so what the fuck? I thought they went to go get, like, a healer, and now they're just coming back? Without one? What? Mm. Uh. All right, I don't know. That's weird, right? Okay, she couldn't see anyone near the ride. Just wait for the mob to pass, Margot, her father continued. I'm sure the farm mage and your boy are probably fine. Farm mage, Margot asked, confused initially by the reference. She then noticed the rest of his statement. My boy, she exclaimed. Yes, it's nice to have someone dutifully follow you. But you should think about finding a serious partner, like your mother and I. Your partner put you in a dungeon, she said, feeling rage now. And I am serious about Henry. He's not my boy. More of her beau, I'd say. Oh, do I sound hip? <laughs> I don't actually know what that means. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, doesn't it mean like, who cares? You know, I don't even want to. Whatever. Okay. I, I I'm feel like I'm about to embarrass myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, um, let me see. Bo is just, uh, that's just, you're my boy, my boy. Yeah, I think so. All right. All right. All right. I'm thinking of, um, what, uh, what's the other one they say? It's another B, but it stands for something. Uh, Bay, right? B-A-E, right? Before anyone else. Isn't that what that stands for? Okay. Yeah, I'm hip. See, I'm, I'm down with the kids. All right. All right, uh, blah, 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 dudgeon, he's not my boy. He's a nobody, unfit for a woman of your stature, her father said. If you really want to control people, you'll need another powerful partner. Margot felt confusion mixed with anger. Why would you think I want to control people? That's why you're here, right? To claim your place as the Lady of Twilight Crossing, once I am gone. Why else would you be working for that silly king, he said, laughing. Just when Margot felt that the anger would overtake her, it all seemed to wash away. She remembered why she had left home and why she had broken off communication with these people. She knew deep down that she wasn't one of them. She suddenly looked forward to returning to her quiet life with Henry when this was all over. Aw, that's nice. Smiling coolly at her father, she said, I think the crowd has dispersed enough. I'm going to find Henry in the, what was it you called her, farm mage? But I think we should part ways now. If you could hurry to the main road, maybe you can get help for a, get help to us for the broken leg. Oh, I don't think they were going for help. They were going to find somewhere to camp. That's what they were doing. Fuck. So they just turned around and gave up at some point. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense, don't you think? All right. Mm. Not a booze. That's not good. Um, um, blah, 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 blah. where was I? I'm going to find what farm mage, but I think we should part ways. If you could hurry to the main road, maybe you can get us help, get help to us for the broken leg. I would think some members of your house, she stressed your in the sentence. I would think some members of your house, she stressed your in the sentence, will have ridden hard here to here to assist by now. Very well. I look forward to your homecoming. <gasps> it's the name of the book, her father said, either missing or ignoring her deeper meaning. 
Maro started across the road, weaving in between the stragglers, and she never turned around to look back at her father. And that ends chapter 41! I'd say that wasn't a bad chapter, right? Like, a little more interaction with Margo and her father. I suspect that will be the end of it, right? I don't think she's going to do that again. Um, you know, they were parting ways there. I think that was supposed to be like, she never turned back. <gasps> never to see him again. Well, whatever. <laughs> I think that's pretty clear. Um, what else? What else happened? Henry did dispatch just four regular people, which kind of sucks for them, right? They were just like escapees trying to get out of prison. He just beat the shit out of them for no apparent reason. Uh, and not like, um, what do I want to say? They were probably captured for not particularly good reason. You know, they weren't like uh, murderers or something. They were just average Joes that had finally got out. Yeah, that was kind of a weird scene, if you ask me, that he beat the hell out of them. Shouldn't even negotiate it or something? Like, just talked him out of it? Like, hey, don't hurt her. She's one of the good ones. Let's relax. Said he beat the hell out of him. <laughs> Hmm. Henry, and, you know, quite frankly, because of Astrid, has a real bad track record, this book, for just wiping out people who maybe didn't deserve to get hurt or die. <laughs> right? Glenn pointed out when they destroyed the weapon in that room, they buried alive like six or eight people in that room, <laughs> which that's not cool either. But what are you going to do? Because, you, you know, ostensibly they were only unconscious, but... <laughs> wow wow i don't know pretty good chapter i guess i didn't mind it i didn't mind it much at all yeah i thought it would be longer when i read it but it just wasn't none of these chapters are long what are you gonna do maybe in my new book i'm gonna go back to the uh like off-worlder and uh bringing balance technique of you know maybe ending the book with like 25 chapters maybe instead of 46 this is insane yeah this is insane I don't know. What did you guys like more? Oof. Okay, what are we talking about today? We got some discussion questions for this exciting chapter. And we got to get through these because I got to go write a fucking book. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, let's get to question one. So, question one. So, the mob members come up to Henry and Astrid behind the rock. And they're going to, you know, beat him up. But they had torches, you know. Okay, question one. How in God's name do you make a torch? <laughs> right? So, like, I understand, like, the concept. You basically have a stick, you wrap some fabric around it that's soaked in something flammable, and you light it on fire. Although, even that part, I'm like, really? Is that all there is to it? Because I feel like if I dipped, like, an old t-shirt in gasoline and then wrapped it around a stick and lit it on fire, that baby would burn out in, I don't know, like, two minutes? That even seems like a lot, and I don't know. That seems like it wouldn't work. I feel like in, what, Indiana Jones, it was gasoline, um... I think in, um, like, some of the, like, old-school, like, uh, high-fantasy movies, don't they use, like, pitch, right? Which I guess is just tar on their torches. Maybe? I think so. I don't know. Um, I don't know how to make one. So if you know how to make a torch, write into the show at jeffreadsbook.com. Ooh. Okay, so, yeah, I, I have, like, vague concepts, but I feel like I'd give myself third-degree burns if I tried to make a torch, so I won't. I don't know. All right. Second question. 
All right. So there is a mob in this one. I'm not going to ask about Margot and her dad. I don't want to know about your family problems. <laughs> okay. So there's a mob in this. Have you ever been part of a mob? Huh? Have you? Have you? I can honestly say no. No, I haven't. Uh, I mean, I th- there were times where I thought it'd be, what do I want to say? What do I... Does anybody remember when, like, flash mobs were, like, new? And it was a fun thing, like, just at, like, 2.30 in the afternoon, like, all these people, like, 200 people would show up at a, I don't know, in a parking garage and have, like, a uh, dance-off or something like that. The, you know, a fun flash mob. Not the kind where, like, at 2.30 p.m., everybody shows up at the, uh, what, the local Aldi and loots it, you know? <laughs> Okay, so I'm more thinking back to when it was fun. That seemed like it was kind of a neat thing. But, uh, eh, I, I haven't. Have you ever been part of a mob? And tell me, well, you know, I'm going to guess I'm not going to get answers from this because <laughs> you're going to incriminate yourself. But remember, there is a statute of limitations on most things like looting. So write into the show at jeffreadsbook.com and you probably won't get arrested, especially because nobody listens. So you should be good there. That's fun, right? I don't know. I think these were two good discussion questions that nobody will have answers to. That's right, folks. Yeah, so that's all I have for today. Uh, I really do have to write a book today. I don't even have an outline or a concept, so I think it's going to be the book between Offworlder and Bringing Balance. We're going to go for that, right? Um, I have like an opening prologue thought up. Uh, maybe I could just write that today, but make it exceptionally long because I got to hit 1,700 words. I don't know. And I have some concepts of what I want to have happen in the book. But uh, yeah, that's about it. Oof, it's bad, huh? Hmm. If you have any any like plot ideas, write into the show at jeffreadshisbook.com. But you got to hurry up because it has to be in November. <laughs> Well, that's about it for me today. Uh, if you want to get in contact with me, do please head over to jeffreadshisbook.com. Three ways to contact me by email jeff at rainbow-100.com. Hit me up on Mastodon at jeff at toot.rainbow-100.com. Or you can hit me up on Twitter, as always, at Fortran Jeff. Yes, it's fun times, fun times. And uh, whatever, send whatever you want. And um, if you're in America, I guess remember to vote on Tuesday or some bullshit. Is that like I'm going to have this out by Tuesday? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So um, if you didn't remember to vote, shame on you. Is that more along what I should say? I think so. That's probably more likely correct because, I don't know, if history teaches us anything, this will probably be, what, released in eight days from now or something stupid like that. Oh, well. Doesn't matter because it gets out there at some point. So until next time, keep on reading.